0: Welcome to the first installment of H.R.I.C.'s new podcast series. We begin with a segment that looks at the complex relationship between Hong Kongers and Mainlanders at this critical historical juncture. Last year in Hong Kong, during the Umbrella Movement, over 100,000 people came out to demand genuine universal suffrage and democratization. Their extraordinary community spirit and creativity attracted widespread international attention. And, despite intense censorship, the movement even generated online expressions of support from mainland netizens. Since the beginning of this year, suppression of activists inside mainland China has expanded in July into a crackdown of unprecedented scale on lawyers and defenders. In Hong Kong, despite growing cultural conflicts between locals and mainlanders, People still came out to publicly support the detained lawyers, signaling a continuing recognition that the democratic futures of both Hong Kong and the mainland are inextricably connected. Earlier this summer, H.R.I.C. embarked on a listening exercise and spoke with a diverse group of people in Hong Kong, including students, legislators, journalists, activists, and other concerned citizens. The first voice we hear is that of a local human rights activist who outlines three main positions on how Hong Kongers view mainlanders.
1: On this question about you know Hong Kong people relating themselves to China, I, at the moment I can see three main positions. On the one side, to the extreme right with the localism, I can see that there's a group of people, not necessarily young, they are calling for a complete rubbing out of the thought on China and then we will concentrate only on Hong Kong. They said they are stressing on the two system rather than one country. And so Hong Kong should bother only with what is to the interests of Hong Kong. I think for this group of people, eventually they will have to face the question about, okay, do we want independence? Or maybe this is the direction they are you know, moving towards. And we also do see more people joining them as well. I'm not sure what does that mean eventually. I don't know. On the other side of the spectrum, struggling for democracy, that would be the people who claim themselves having been uh, working over the past three decades, fighting for democracy, people very much in my generation now. And these are the people who have a much stronger sentiment uh, relating to China. So we fight for democracy because China needs us. We need to develop our democracy here as a test ground so that we can help them to democratize as well for this group it might be because of a strong sentiment of patriotism you know something about nationalism because i am chinese kind of thing or maybe is a more pragmatic kind of position saying that it's impossible for us not to be a chinese or to go against china so we better work to influence them and then to at least guard our frontier. And then uh I think there is another one which is uh in between but perhaps closer to uh to the left and that is the younger generation coming up but then not only young people though. They are still thinking that it's important to care about issues or care about China. But at the same time thinking that it's important for us to focus also on the development on Hong Kong. The need to care about China for them is supported by this uh, belief in universal values. We need to care about human rights situation in China, not simply because we are Chinese, but very much because human rights anywhere else is an issue or concern. I think this global citizenship kind of perspective is influencing quite a lot um, the students who are now very active in the movement, especially um, some of the students' leaders. If you listen to what, the, I mean, the leaders in the scholarism talk or the students in the Federation of Students you know, talk, you can see that kind of um, sentiment and values this universal values kind of platform could also give people some leeway at the moment to avoid facing the question of identity being Chinese or part of China so I see that this group in the middle as the discourse develops will eventually have to identify themselves on either side
2: Hello, I'm Samuel Lai, I'm the External Affairs Secretary of the Hong Kong University Union. I think the relationship between Hong Kong and China is a little bit ambiguous in most people's eyes, because somehow after the transfer of sovereignty back in 1997, we are somehow under the Chinese Communist government, but we are having a totally different system and some different cultures. So after last year's Umbrella Revolution, people start to doubt their identity, whether they are Chinese or Hong Kong people or there are some Chinese Hong Kongers or Hong Kong Chinese. So, I think there is a sense of identity that people have to search for. My name is Albert Ho. Uh, I am a legislator of the Hong Kong Legislative Council. Uh, I am also a founding member of this Hong Kong Alliance in support of uh, patriotic democratic movement in China, which was set up in 1989. I have been a member of the Executive Committee for the last 20 odd years until recently I became the chairman. The relationship of course is very tense, particularly uh, the young people display a lot of um, resentment against the mainland authorities. And so um, the reason doubt, you know, or skepticism about their identity as a Chinese speak a lot. Uh, and also um, the pan politicians in Hong Kong, which has um, a tremendous influence uh, within the community, are also uh, strongly committed to vote down the political reform package to be presented by uh, Hong Kong government under the authorization of Beijing. We committed to to voting it down because this electoral electoral reform package is a fake uh, system. It's totally against the principles of genuine universal suffrage. And so, you know, all this makes the relationship become more tense and the tension become ever higher. But however, uh, we hope that um, we could still in long term sustain the movement for democracy, both in Hong Kong and in China, in a peaceful, rational manner and with solidarity and uh, uh, perseverance.
3: I came to Hong Kong in 2013, in August, to start my course in the University of Hong Kong. So I finished my course one year before, and then I'm, I'm now as, I'm working as a reporter, a business reporter in Hong Kong. In the whole occupied Central and Africa, the conflict between mainlanders and Hong Kongers is actually getting worse. I admit that there are many mainlanders who are behaving very uncultivatedly on the street. I'm very rude. If I were a Hongkonger, I would be very pissed off as well. But generally, I think a lot of mainlanders who are working here or studying here, they're very nice. They're trying to change their own old or rural habits to blend in the community. Every time I was having lunch with some journalists, and then they started talking about some rural things that mainlanders did in Hong Kong and things like that, and I feel so embarrassed because not all of them behave the same way. Like me and my mainlander friends in Hong Kong, we try so hard to learn Cantonese. We try so hard to become one member of the members of the community. We try so hard to know about a city and to know about its culture, its history, and to be nice to the people. But they don't care about only their Only they care is the best side of China, the very exciting news about China. I was raised and born in Guangdong Province, so I I know how hard for Cantonese people and Mandarin-speaking people, especially people from the north, to reconcile. But I think the first step for the Hong Kongers is to get to know about China. Travel to mainland. You have to go there yourself to have a look, to talk to some mainland friends instead of just ignoring them. And I think that, especially for students in the university, they should talk to each other. Mainlanders should be able to join those student communities, organizations, to know more Hong Kongers instead of just like two separate groups never talk to each other. So I think that Hong Kongers should be against the political package, instead of against the whole country people. I think none of my um, friends think that the political reform package is actually a very fair to Hong Kongers. But China has its own reality as well. Because we are mainlanders. we know how the community party actually act. It's not like you want democracy and they will give you democracy. But I think it's very important for people to stand up first and to voice out their anger. In China, if you do that, you probably get arrested there will still be a lot of obstacles in China if they want to do as Hong kongers do. But I would think that it's good for some Chinese, some mainlanders know that um, there's actually, they can actually change their life. They, sh- they should stand out like Hong Kongers. That thought is already important.
4: I'm 23 years old and last September is my first time come from mainland to Hong Kong. I am a little bit different from other mainlanders. I think I can understand the localists. I think Umbrella Movement really changed my mind. Through the Umbrella Movement, I knew why Hong Kong people they are struggling for real democracy and I know what kind of difficulties they are suffering now. So I can understand those localists, they think that we are not able enough to get a better life for ourselves, how come we can have the ability to get a better life for a whole China? But, to be honest, I know that we have many, many friends in Hong Kong and many, many friends, if they trace back their family history, maybe their grandfather or their great grandfather, they are mainlanders. They keep very, very, very close communication in terms of politics, business, etc. So, when I heard about localist opinions, I feel a little bit hurt because we regarded them as our brothers and sisters, but they thought we are enemies. I really respect those Hong Kong people because they would like to voice out no matter what kind of a consequence is gonna come. Because I feel very, very sad about China because everyone, they keep silence, They never speak out a different opinion and they never say, we want democracy. So the government, they just think that, okay, we are good enough, so we don't need to push the progress to democracy. But Hong Kong people, they said, we want real democracy now. They push the Beijing government and also Hong Kong government to think about how to uh, achieve this goal as soon as possible. I really respect them, but I am not optimistic at all. Because after the Umbrella Movement, you can see, actually, the Umbrella Movement is not only triggered by the political reform proposal, but also by the hatreds between mainlanders and the Hong Kong people. And those hatreds, they are accumulated for many, many years. For example, those mainlanders, they buy some goods from Hong Kong and it really make their society become a little bit disorder, or will make the property price become very, very high or something. After the umbrella movement, you can see the Pan Democratic camp and the pro zei camp. You, you can see they are two groups. They just cannot achieve a mediation. They are just totally separate. I really don't know, especially after the proposal was vetoed, what's the next step? Some are urging to restart the political reform. But But what's Beijing's response? We don't know. And maybe, okay, we have another proposal. Is there going to be another umbrella movement if they cannot satisfy Hong Kong people? So it's really, I just feel there's no way out. I think Hong Kong people, they are fearless. But in mainland, people they just remain silent. It is the most scary thing, I think. So I think that's what mainlanders should learn from Hong Kong. But what makes me feel a little bit happy that is after I experienced umbrella movement and everything here in Hong Kong, I still told many of my friends back in mainland they are at the same age with me, and they would like to listen to my opinion. And from their response, I can feel that they are touched by the new idea from Hong Kong people. So I think, although, to be honest, for our generation, especially after Xi Jinping took, took office, the ideological control become tightened. So the whole generation for those young people, the education about communist ideas become really, really, really scary. But I think they would like to accept new ideas. So I think maybe to some extent, after our generation can really make some influence on China's society, we can make some change.
0: Thank you for listening. To learn more, read the special issues on Hong Kong and mainland China in China Rights Forum, HRIC's online journal. Please also join the conversation and email us at hrichina at hrichina.org.